Heart of the World by H. Ryder Haggard. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter 24 Nawa Bears Witness. Some hours passed, and again the gates were opened, and through them came Tikal and a guard of five men. The guard he left by the gates, advancing alone to where we were seated near the far end of the hall. "'What would you of us?' asked Maya. "'Can you not leave me in peace even here in my dungeon?' "'I desire to speak with you alone, Maya.' Then, Tikal, I tell you now what I have told you before, that I will not listen to your word alone. If you have anything to say, say it in the presence of my husband and my friend, or go and leave it unsaid. You speak roughly to one who comes here in the hope of saving the lives of all of you, he answered. Still, I will bear with you in this as I have borne with you in much else. Listen, all your crimes are known to me, for Nawa, my wife, has revealed them to me. I know how you and that dead rogue, Matai, on whom the curse of heaven has most justly fallen, forged the prophecy and violated the sanctuary, for I have held the proofs of it in my hand. Do you know that we did this to save our lives? asked Maya. For if we had not done it, Matai would have murdered us in order that, by removing me, he might assure his daughter in her place. I do not know why you did it, nor do I care, seeing that nothing can lighten such a crime. But I think that you did it in order that you might win yonder white man as a husband. At the least, the thing is done, and vengeance waits you vengeance from which there is but one escape what escape asked maya quickly for when she learned that tikal knew everything all hope had faded from her heart as from ours maya two people live and two only who know this tale nawa my wife and i myself till this morning there was but one for Nawa only told me of it when she found that you had not escaped, and this she has done that she may be rid of you whom she hates as her rival. Therefore it was that she would have held me back from pursuing you, and therefore it is that she will appear before the Council of the Heart this night, so that her evidence may ensure your instant death in the pit of waters." But, as it chances, least of anything on the earth do I desire that my eyes should lose sight of you, whom now, as ever, I love better than anything on the earth. Now the Señor grew white with rage, and he broke in. You do well to keep such words to yourself, Tikal, for of this be sure, if you do not, I will add to my crimes, and you shall not leave this place alive. No need to look at your guards. What do I care for your guards, who have but one life to lose? Speak thus again, and before they reach you, you shall be dead. Let him go on, husband, said Maya. 
what can a few insults more or less matter to us now? Continue, most noble Tikal, but for your own sake restrain yourself and say nothing that a husband should not hear. It is for this reason, he went on, taking no notice of the Señor's anger, that I have come here with a plan to save you all. Yes, even this braggart white man who has robbed me of you. If Nawa and I are silent, who will know of your crimes? And if the evidence of them is destroyed before your eyes, who is there that can prove them? Now I will be silent at a price. I will even bring the true tablet of the prophecy and the roll of Matai's confession and destroy them with fire before you. You will be silent, said Maya. But what of Nawa? Will she be silent also? Now Tikal's dark face grew evil with some purpose of his own, though whether it were of murder or of what I do not know. Leave Nawa to me, he said. Withdraw the charge you made against her of attempting to kill yonder child and free her thus of the need of appearing this night in the sanctuary, and I swear to you that no word of her dreadful secret shall ever pass her lips. Then you will be tried upon one issue only, that of having broken your oaths by flying the city, a crime that is not beyond forgiveness. You spoke of a price, Tikal, tell us. What is this price that we must pay? The price is yourself, Maya. Nay, hear me out. And you, white man, keep silent. If you will swear upon the heart to become my wife within six months from this day, then I, on my part, will swear that the white man, your husband, who is not your husband, for he won the consent of the council to his marriage by a trick, shall be suffered to escape the land unharmed, taking with him his friend and so much of our treasures and things needful for their journey as he may desire. I will swear also, and by this you may see how deep and honest is my love for you, that your son shall not be deposed of the place and rank which he holds in the eyes of the people as a heaven-sent deliverer whose coming was foretold by prophecy. My child shall give place to yours, Maya. Once before I held out the hand of peace to you, but you refused it and tricked me, and from that refusal has sprung the death of your father and many other sorrows. Do not refuse again, Maya, lest these sorrows should be increased and multiplied upon you and upon us all. It is no strange or unnatural thing I ask of you, that you should wed the man to whom for many years you were affianced, and take your place as the first lady in this city, instead of giving yourself over with your accomplices to the most infamous of deaths. Yet it is most strange and unnatural to call that a wife should be asked to part thus from her husband, but stay. 
it is for him to speak not me for he may be glad to buy safety at this cost first what do you say ignacio tell me though i fear your answer for it is easy to guess seeing that tikal offers all that you can desire freedom and treasure to enable you to execute your plans it is true lady i replied that he offers me these things though whether or no he is able to give them i cannot say and it is true also that i have no wife here whom i must leave and no prospect save that of a traitor's death still lady i remember a certain promise that i made to you yonder in the wilderness when by your courage you saved your husband's life and I remember also that it was through me that he, my friend, came to visit this accursed city. Therefore, I say, let our fate be one fate. Those are very noble words, friend, she said, such as could have come only from your noble heart. Now, husband, do you speak? I have nothing to say, Maya, replied the Signor with a laugh, except that I wonder why you waste time which we have to spend happily together in listening to this fellow's insults. If you bid me to go to save you, perhaps I might think about it, but certainly I will not stir one pace from your side to save myself from any death. It seems that I have got my answer, said Tikal. May none of you regret it tonight when you come to look down into the pit of waters. Well, time presses, and I have much to do before we meet again. And he turned to leave us. Now as he went, despair took hold of Maya. For a moment she struggled with it, and with herself, then she cried, Come back, Tikal! He came and stood before her in cold silence and she spoke, addressing her husband in a slow voice. You are over-hasty. My answer is not yet spoken, husband. Tikal, I accept your offer. Prevent Nawa from giving testimony against us, destroy the evidence she holds, and set these men safe with all that they may desire on the further side of yonder mountains, and within six, six months I will become your wife. Now the Signor and I stared at each other aghast. Are you mad, he said, or do you speak so in the hope of saving us? Would it be wonderful, husband, she answered, if I should wish to save myself and my child, that I have loved you and love you, you know, yet... Is there any love in the grave? While I live, at least I have my memories. If I die, even these may be taken from me. Go back, husband, go back wealthy to your own people and your old life, and choose some other woman to be your companion. Do not forget me, indeed, but let me become as a dream to you, seeing that for all our sakes this is the best. To you also, Ignatio, I say, go. Our fellowship has brought you little luck. May its severing be more fortunate, and may you at last attain your ends. Tikal, 
Give me your hand and let us swear the oath. He stepped towards her, his eyes glowing with triumph. But as their fingers touched, she glanced sideways and upwards and saw the doubt and agony written on her husband's face. With a little scream, she sprang to him and threw herself into his arms, saying, Forgive me. I have tried my best, but this is more than I can do. Oh, weak and foolish that I am, I cannot part from you, no, not even to save your life. Surely you do not think that I should have fulfilled this oath and given myself to him in marriage. No, no, it is to death that I should have given myself when you were gone. But I cannot part with you, I cannot part with you, though my selfishness is your doom. I rejoice to hear it, said the Senor. Listen, you, Tikal. If you are a man, give me a sword and let us settle this matter face to face. So shall one of us at least be rid of his doubts and troubles. Surely, white man, answered Tikal, you must be a fool as well as a rogue. Otherwise you would scarcely ask me to risk my life against yours, which is already forfeit to the law. Farewell, Maya. Long have you fooled and tormented me. Tonight I will repay you all. So he went. It might be thought that after Tikal was gone, we should have spoken together of what had passed, and of the dangers before us, but this was not so. I think we felt, all of us, that there was nothing more to be said. It is useless to fight against fate, and it is still more useless to be afraid of him, seeing that whatever we do or leave undone, he has his will of us at last. So we sat and chatted on indifferent things of our life at the mine of Cumarvo, of that night which we spent in the hacienda at Santa Cruz, of the death of our brave companion Molas, and I know not what besides. Presently the child awoke, and its parents occupied themselves with it, finding resemblance to each other in its tiny features while I walked up and down the hall, counting the lamps, smoking, and wondering where I should be by this time on the morrow. At length the gates opened, for now it was almost the middle of the night, and there came through them Dimas and a guard of priests. The old man bowed before us and said that the time had come to lead us before the council in the sanctuary, but that we were to have no fear, seeing that from all that he had been able to learn, our offense would be leniently dealt with. Maya asked what was to become of the infant, which could not be left alone, and he replied that she must bring it with her, whereon she began to wrap it in a serape. "'Your care is needless,' said Dimas. "'There is a secret way to the sanctuary from this place, "'by which I propose to lead you in order that the child, "'our Lord, shall not be exposed to the raw cold of the night.' "'Then he took a bunch of keys from his girdle, "'and handing them to one who accompanied him, 
a fellow-priest and a member of the council, he commanded him to go forward with several of the escort to open the doors and light lamps in the passage that lay between us and the sanctuary. The priest went, and having waited a while, we followed him, to find him standing by the marble wall which separated the passages from the sanctuary. On seeing us approach, he gave the signs which were answered from within. Next he opened the false door with a silver key, leaving the key and a bunch to which it was attached fixed in the lock for Demos to take us as he passed. This, however, the old priest did not do, for he thought that we should all return by this passage, and as we stepped into the sanctuary, he contented himself with closing the door without locking it. Now, once more we stood within the dim and holy place, there to take our trial for offenses committed against the laws of the City of the Heart. There was a full gathering of the council, and Tikal, its high priest and president, sat in his seat behind the altar, but I noted with a thrill of hope that Naua, his wife, was not by his side, nor was she to be found among the members of the council. We took seats that had been prepared for us in the open space before the altar, Maya being placed in the center and the Senor and myself on either side of her. Next the priest of the records rose and announced that the first business before the council was the trial of three of its members, namely Maya, Lady of the Heart, her husband, the white man, son of the sea, and Ignatio the Wanderer, a lord of the heart from beyond the mountains, upon the charge of having broken their oaths which they took as members of the council. Having read this formal accusation, the priest set out the case against us clearly but briefly. On this very night of the festival of the rising of waters a year ago, he began, you strangers, amongst other things, swore upon the altar, setting in pledge your souls and bodies for the fulfillment of the oath that without the consent of this high brotherhood you would not attempt to leave the gates of the city of the heart. Yet but the other day you were overtaken and seized in the act of flying across the mountains to the wilderness beyond. Nor is this all your crime, for with you was that infant, born of the white man and the lady of the heart, the heaven-sent child of prophecy, of whom you wickedly sought to rob us and the people. Say now, how do you plead to these charges? We plead guilty, answered Maya, but we ask to be heard in our own defense. Listen, lords. Since that night when we were married by your command, my husband and myself have been dogged by murder, and yonder, as high priest of the heart and president of your council, he sits, who would have murdered us. I see among you this night some of those who waited on me upon the day of our escape, having the Lord Demas at the head of them. What did they tell me? that a plot had been discovered, made by Tikal, my cousin, to murder my husband, my child, and my friend Ignacio the Wanderer. They told me also that Tikal would be deposed because of this and his other crimes, and that the infinite my arms would 
Tonight be anointed Kachike of the people of the heart. Is it not so, Dimas? It is so, lady, he answered. And learn that you are not the only ones who are on trial this night. Though your case is taken first, that of Tikal, the high priest, and others will follow. But till then, in virtue of his rank and office, he sits as president of our council. Now Tikal sprang from his seat, but Dimas turned upon him and said sternly, Keep silent, Lord, or speak only to fulfill the duties of your place. Your judging shall be just, but know that there is no hope of escape for you till it is done, seeing that your guards are disarmed and all the paths are watched. Tikal seated himself again, and Maya went on. On that very night of the coming of the Lord Demas, when I was alone in my chamber, the Lady Nawa, the wife of Tikal, crept upon me and strove to murder this, my child. Next, she set out the story, telling how the Senor and I, hearing her cries for help, had entered the chamber, seized and bound Nawa. Then it was, brethren, she went on, that sudden terror took us, and we fled, seeking to escape a land where we could not live in safety from one hour to another. This is our sin, and we leave our punishment in your hands. Surely it was better that we should strive to save the child, so that he might live to play his part, whatever that may be, than that he should be kept here and to be butchered by those whom you have raised up to rule you. When Maya had finished her speech, the Senor and I addressed the council in turn, confirming all that she had said, and submitting ourselves to the judgment of the Brotherhood. Now we were commanded to fall back, and took our stand beneath the mask of the nameless God, while the council consulted together, and there we awaited our doom. Presently we were brought forward again, and Tikal spoke to us, saying, that our sentence was postponed till the charge against Nawa, the daughter of Matai, and against himself, Tikal, the Kachike, and high priest of the City of the Heart, had been considered, adding in a slow and triumphant voice, Let Nawa, the daughter of Matai, who waits without, be brought into the presence of the Heart. We heard and gathered up our courage to meet the advancing fate, for we knew that death was on us, and that for us there was no more pity or escape. The door was opened, and Nawa came through it dressed in the robes of her rank, and wearing the green diadem that could be carried only by the wife or mother of the Kachike. "'What is your pleasure with me, lords?' she said proudly, after she had made her obeisance to the altar. Then the priest of the records rose and read the charges, namely that she had attempted with her own hand to do murder upon the body of the infant child of Maya, Lady of the Heart, and her husband, the white man, also that she had aided and abetted Tikal, her husband, in various acts of cruelty and misgovernment, that were alleged against him, asking her what she pleaded in answer. To the last charge not guilty, she said, let Tikal defend his own sins. To the first guilty, I did attempt to put an end to yonder brat. 
but Maya discovered me, and I was caught and bound. Surely, brethren, said Dimas, rising, we need carry this matter no farther. We have heard the evidence of the Lady Maya and the others, and now Nawa confesses to her crimes. She confesses that she attempted to take the life of him who she knew to be the sacred child, the hope of the people of the heart. And for such a sin it seems to me that there is but one punishment, though it is terrible, and she who must suffer is the woman and of high rank. Stay, broke in Nawa. You have not heard me out, and I have the right to speak before I am condemned to die. You charge me with having attempted to take the life of the sacred child, the hope of the people of the heart. And had I done this, doubtless I should be worthy of your doom, whereas, in truth, I am worthy of your praise. Lords of the heart, this child whom you adore, the heaven-sent child of prophecy, whom tonight you would anoint as your cachique deposing to call my husband, and who, as you believe, shall be the star to light our race to greatness and to victory, is a living lie, a fraud, and a bastard. Now a confusion broke out among the council, and angry voices called to her to cease her blasphemies. But she won silence and went on. Hear me out, I pray you, for even if I wished it, I should not dare to speak thus at random, but I am prepared with proof of every word I utter. You think that I would have killed this child to wring the heart of my rival Maya, and indeed I desire to wring it, and that I would set my own son in its place, and indeed I wish to set him there. Yet these were not my reasons for the deed, lords of the council. Listen to a tale the strangest that ever you have heard, and judge between me and Tikal, my husband, and Maya, my rival, and her friends. Matai, my father, was known to you all, seeing that at the time of his death, and indeed since Tikal was anointed Kachike, he stood next to him in place and power among the people of the heart, holding those offices in the brotherhood which now are filled by Dimas, and among them that of keeper of the sanctuary. Yet, lords, Matai, my father, was no true man. Alas, that I should have to say it, seeing that it was more for my sake that he sinned, than for his own, since he loved me and desired my welfare above everything on earth. It was this love of his that ruined him, making him false to his God, to his oaths, and to his country. Thus, in the beginning, he knew that since I was a child, I had set my heart upon the Lord Tikal, who was a fiance to the Lady Maya also that I was ambitious and yearned to be great. Therefore it was that he deceived Tikal, pretending that it had been revealed to him by heaven that the Lady Maya and her father were dead in the wilderness. Therefore it was also that when he wa had persuaded him that she was lost to him forever, he pressed it upon the Lord Tikal that he should marry me in place of Maya, his affianced, 
who was dead, promising him in return that he would bring it about that he should be anointed Kachike of the people of the heart. All these things and others he did, though at the time I knew nothing of them, and thought in my folly that Tikal married me because he loved me and sought me as the companion of his life and power. Then Zebalbe returned on the night of our marriage feast, and with him came Maya and the strangers, and from that hour my husband began to hate me, because I was his wife in place of Maya, whom he loved. More as I have learned since, he went to Zebalbe while he lay in prison and offered to resign his place as Kachike in his favors for so long as he should live, and no more to oppose his schemes if he would give him Maya in marriage. After I had been put away either by death or by divorce, this Zabalbe would have done, and gladly, but as it chanced, Maya here had set her heart upon the white man during their journeyings together through the wilderness, and refused to be separated from him that she might be palmed off in marriage upon Tikal. Yet he might have won his way, for their case was desperate, and the alternative was death, had not Matai, my father, found a plan whereby they could be saved, and I remain the wife of the Kachike. This was the plan, lords, that a prophecy should be set in the symbol of the heart yonder, such as would deceive the counsel of the heart, and bring it about that Maya should be given in marriage to the white man whom she lived. Lords, this was done. At the dead of night they crept to the sanctuary, and, opening the heart, they placed within it that tablet that foreshadowed the birth of a deliverer. The rest you know. It is false, cried many voices. Such sacrilege is not possible. It is not false, answered Nawa and I will prove to you that the sacrilege was possible. The heart was opened, and the false prophecy forged by my father was placed within it where it was found by you on the night of the festival of the rising of waters, this day a year ago. But when the holy heart was opened, behold, it was not empty. For in it lay another prophecy, a true prophecy, which was removed from it, that the lie which has deceived you might be set in its place. Where then is that writing? asked Dimas. Here, she answered, drawing the tablet from her breast. Listen. And she read. The eye that has slept and is awakened sees the heart and purpose of the wicked. I say that in the hour of the desolation of my city, not all the waters of the holy lake shall wash away their sin. Take it, lords, and see for yourselves, she continued, laying the tablet on the altar. Now listen again and learn how it chanced that this relic came into my keeping. After he had wrought this great sin, the curse of the nameless God fell upon my father 
and, as you know, he was smitten with a sore disease. Then it came about that when he lay dying, remorse took him, and he wrote a certain paper, which he caused to be witnessed and given to me, together with this tablet. In my hand I hold that paper, lords. Hear it, and judge for yourselves whether I have spoken truth or falsehood. And she read aloud the confession of Matai, that set out every detail of our plot and the manner of its execution. Now, lords, she added, when the reading was finished, and the signatures had been examined, you will understand how it happened that in my rage at these tidings I strove to kill yonder infant, who has been palmed off upon you as the seed of the god, and I leave it to you to deal with those who planned that fraud. End of chapter 24